Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Doomsday Talk Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Harry, here on Block Talk, SatansRapture.com, SatansRapture.org, our band site. I'm here with my new co-host, Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine. Hi. How are you today, Pastor Harry? I'm doing okay. How are you, Lorraine? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, that's very good to hear. And here we go with another show, Doomsday Talk Radio. You know, as I always start the show off, I always say sad but true, pathetic but prophetic. This is the only radio broadcast I know of on this planet. It's the only um, podcast, any cast sermon, where, pe- where we're preaching the truth of the gospel from Genesis to Revelation and back again. The whole truth of the gospel, not just pieces of the truth. And the whole truth of the gospel begins and ends with the identity of Jesus, who he is. And that's what he taught us. And he taught us that he is the Christ, the son of a living God. So everyone that accepts that becomes born into his church. They become a living stone in the church of God, in his true church. And everyone that believes anything else, especially this Trinity doctrine, they're just not part of Jesus' true church. And that's what he told us in John. Or and he said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And his voice says, the Holy Spirit says, that he is the Christ, the son of a living God. So however many people around the world believe this, 50, 100, 500, 1,000, 2,000, that's who's part of Jesus' true church today. And I believe one day soon God will raise up the church of Philadelphia, his true church in the book of Revelation, in a major way. To give everyone an opportunity to hear the truth and respond to it and identify with his true church. Okay. Yeah. Makes so, sense to me. Yeah, and that's... That's exactly what Jesus taught. It's not it's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It just it's just accepting it's accepting something. It's a radical acceptance. It's accepting that virtually everything the church is the foundation of the church is false. And it just it's not just Trinity is false, it's everything becomes false. Salvation becomes twisted and false and worthiness and, and 
forgiveness and everything comes okay. a, a chaos. Christianity today is a, is a just a it's like a vortex of chaos, and people enter it and they try to read the Bible and it just they get very confused because the Holy Spirit is telling them one thing within their heart, and all these pastors and preachers and teachers and YouTube videos are telling them something different, and they're just in a very confused state, and that's really what we see today: a state of confusion. Yeah, Satan is the author of confusion, no doubt about that. Yeah, yes, he is. And when, when when the Holy Spirit's telling you Jesus is the son of a living God and a pastor's up on television telling you Trinity, it confuses people. Just like with the Santa Claus lie, it confuses people because they know I shouldn't be lying. They shouldn't be the parents. No, they shouldn't be lying to their children. They should be telling them the truth, yet... The whole Christian world just just goes after this full force, and they're confused. They don't know what they should do, but they know one thing. If they speak against it, they're going to have a lot of problems. The easy road in life, avoid conflict. Sometimes they just can't avoid it anymore. But when it comes yeah. to the truth of God, you can't avoid conflict. It's just there. So people that will come out and identify with the Church of Philadelphia will have a lot of conflict. But they'll also escape the apocalypse in the first of two raptures. So really the, what the Bible's telling us is you can't avoid conflict. You can't avoid controversy. You can't avoid uh, problems for the word of God. It just it can't be done. It's going to happen. Jesus told us that. That's many teachings on that about being persecuted and hated and shunned for the truth of the gospel. He warned us about this, and it's there. Yeah, I would like to speak to you about some red letter stuff today regarding um, Mark chapter 3. Jesus heals the withered hand, and... um, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had a withered hand, red letter, stand forth. And he saith unto him, red letter again, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace and when he had looked around about on them with anger um, and when he had looked around about on them with anger being grieved for the hardness of their hearts he saith unto the man stretch forth thy hand and he stretched it forth and his hand was restored whole as the other okay two things about that he looked about and he was anger the crowd on how they were responding. And the other thing is, is what is the spiritual context of the withered hand? Because there's more to it than just the withered hand. That he had a hand that wasn't working. There's more to this. I know there is. Well, the the person had a withered hand. But what what did the person believe? The person believed one thing. The church hasn't been started yet, but the person believed that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. 
That's what the person believed. And Jesus healed his hand. And the 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 religious people at the time were so were so hardened that they would condemn Jesus for healing someone on the Sabbath day. For for helping someone. They have a withered hand, you can't do anything with it at all. So Jesus restored his hand and and they were against him for doing that. That showed, just showed how hard in their heart was to the truth of God. Did they so would actually? I'm sorry. Was it Jesus that was angered, or was it them that were angered? Because it says being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, but it also says, and when he looked around about on them with anger. So was he looking at them with anger, or I, I'm confused with that little bit right there. Well, that's that's a poorly translated um that's a poorly translated thing it it probably is those people were filled with anger and hatred towards him and, and they were so I blind see. and they couldn't even see that jesus healed someone on the sabbath he, he uh, did a miracle and, and they would condemn him for the day he did the miracle on that's how hard and they their hearts were Instead of rejoicing that God did a miracle, the Messiah is here. They, they, all they could do is think to condemn him, criticize him, because their hearts were hardened. Because they were believing that they were holding the Sabbath day, the seventh day holy, and not doing any work and all that other stuff, right? Right, but that's not them doing any work. That's God doing a miracle. But see, they hadn't seen miracles, so it was all new to them. Just like today, where do people see miracles today? They don't. Not like that. But it just shows right. the hardness of their heart. They were that hardened against God. Instead of rejoicing, a miracle happened. He must be the Messiah. All they could do was criticize him. But I think they were the ones filled with anger and hatred, not Jesus. Okay. So he, just, he looked around and he's seen, he seen their hardness of heart. He was grieved, he, it says. Right, well, because he saw right, because they had no faith. He was grieved that they would attack him for healing on the Sabbath day. Here's another passage where people condemned them from healing on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, if you had a donkey in it and it fell in the mud, you would pull your donkey out of the mud on the Sabbath. How much so more does God care about people? shows how hardened their hearts were that they would condemn them for doing a miracle on the Sabbath, not being amazed at the miracle. Praising God that they're actually seeing the, the power of God. Okay. And what, this do verse, right. the, what do you think the spiritual context of having a withered hand? What does that mean spiritually to have a withered hand? When uh, we're like um, the hand of God, you know, we're helping people and stuff. What does it mean to have a withered hand? Well, well, spiritually, I mean, to have a withered hand that you really can't do any good with your hand. All that person, I mean, you could just do bad things. You couldn't do good things. Yeah, a hand could a hand could wither up from just doing so much evil. Right, but. But it, it, the with, I don't think the, the withered hand itself wasn't the uh, crux of this thing. It's just that people saw a miracle, yet 
instead of rejoicing in the miracle, they're they're criticizing Jesus because he did a miracle on the Sabbath day. That's how hardened their hearts were against the truth, against God. We see the same thing today. It's it's no different today. It's it's no different at all today. We're just seeing a repeat on a global scale, the hardness of ancient Israel, the rebellion on a global scale, but God always has a faithful remnant. And the faithful remnant today is the Church of Philadelphia. At least on this show, we're we're preaching the truth of the gospel and who, who Jesus is. The Christ, the Son of the living God. That's where the power of God lies and who Jesus is, not not in a Trinity God or any other false God. Yeah. Okay. And then there was this other part um, that he healed somebody with palsy, palsy, I guess that's how you say it, um, where um, he says in red letters, why reason these things in your heart, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Well, that's so, saying a lot of things right there, right? Right. But I mean... What is more believable? If he says your sins are forgiven on earth, people can't see that. But they can see somebody that has palsy that can't walk and they're all bent up, suddenly being totally healed, that they could see. That That's what, it, what, he, what he's talking about. See, that's something okay. you can physically see, and then you can believe, well, that his sins were forgiven. But notice Jesus said, your sins are for Jesus had the power to forgive sin on earth. That's why he could heal people on earth. Only God can forgive sin in heaven, forever forgive sin. Only the, only God, the Father God, can forgive sin forever. Jesus can forgive sin on earth. That was the power God gave him. So because he could forgive a person's sin on earth, he could heal a person on earth, their physical body. So is this the all authority that he passed on to the believers? But he he gave believers that followed him that you will do more than he did. Is that the? I mean, I I don't think I can forgive somebody's sins, but I believe that he gave. Well, he didn't give us power. Well, we, we can forgive somebody that sins against us, but only Jesus can actually forgive somebody's sins on earth. But the Father's the one that forgives their sins forever. But he did give us power and authority on earth to uh, to uh, witness in his name, to heal in his name, to cast out demons in his name, in who he is, the Christ, the Son of a living God. If you try to do these things in the name of the Trinity, you're not going to do too well. Nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. Well, there are there are false healings. There are healings that are done that um, that are easy to deceive people because be it, I don't know how it's done, magic or whatever, but there are things that are happening that deceive people in these churches that you're talking about. Well, there also were a lot of fake healings, people f- pretending things, but I, in what, the last 1900 years, we haven't seen blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, 
paralyzed, documented people leaping out of wheelchairs. We don't see any power of God in these churches. We hear them talk a lot about it, but we don't see anything in these Trinity churches. Nothing. They talk about a power, but there is none. It's like they're in a room of total darkness and they're speaking of light, but there's just no light. That's what okay. we're seeing in, the, in these churches. But when Jesus came, he had a real power. And he said that power would be given unto his true followers, those who believe he's the Christ, the son of a living God. And then he said in Mark, he said, those that believe the truth and follow it, these signs and miracles will follow them. He told us that as well. Yeah. So it's it's just a question of who is Jesus? In in who he is is his power is the power of God. So that's something we try to convey on this show over and over and over again. You know, and let's say tonight the lo- there's a lottery. It's over one billion dollars. If we do win that lottery tonight, well, then we can take this broadcast in a major way and start one real physical church of Philadelphia. So that would really shake this world up because it would have the power of God. People can argue argue theology back and forth, Lorraine, but when the power of God is there, it kind of ends the argument. The argument kind of ends right there, doesn't it? And so you're saying if you win the lotto, that that's the power of God giving you the lotto? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying if we win the lottery, it's, it's God gave me a lottery win to to oh, start okay. his church of Philadelphia. But the power comes from God. Not a, a lottery doesn't give you the power of God. It can, it can expand the broadcast. It can build a building, but it's only God's power that makes it come alive. Mm-hmm. But um, what we're going to do now, we're just going to take one real quick break, and we'll be right back here on Doomsday Talk Radio. People can think about what we're saying. We'll be right back. Okay, Circus, sadly, people turn Christianity into today. And welcome back to Doomsday Talk Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Harry here on Block Talk. And I'm here with my co host, Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine. 
Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, it, it is a carnival. It has become a circus. It's it's sad. It really, really is sad. And there's there's so much false teaching out there, but it all it all starts with with who Jesus is, and all the false salvation views follow the Trinity. In fact, most false salvation views say all you got to do is believe in the Trinity, and uh, you're guaranteed heaven by faith alone. Jesus never taught that. He said in Revelation. Oh, yeah, like you that would be like a two-sentence Bible, right? What were you talking right. about being a two-sentence Bible? It, it would be a two-sentence Bible. That's That's one of the falsehoods we see in the book of Romans, chapter 10. It says if you believe in if you believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the Jesus died for your sins and God raised him from the dead you'll be saved. Jesus never taught that. He taught we have to follow him. We have to do the things he said to do. We have to do the works he's given us to do and we have to overcome evil and the devil in the world and not give up to keep his word with perseverance. So that that's a falsehood right there. But that's what all Protestantism is really based on, is this lie of salvation by faith alone. It's just more salvation through an infant baptism. An infant that doesn't know anything, they baptize and they say, now that person is part of a true church. Yet Jesus said everyone that believes he's the Christ, the son of a living God, is part of his true church. So again, see, there's a big, there's a big difference between what Jesus thought and what the churches say. Very big difference between what Jesus taught and what the churches say. So who are you going to believe? Well, I would believe Jesus. Most people believe the churches. That's the problem. So they well, believe I would the church. Believe, I would believe more than two sentences. I would have to believe that the whole Bible is relevant and not right. You two have sentences. to believe exactly. You have to believe everything Jesus said. Like he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I say. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will go to heaven, but he who does my Father's will in heaven. That's a very powerful verse. That, that's in, uh, that's in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, I believe, chapter 7. That's a very powerful verse. Because he's saying right there, it doesn't matter what you, what, you know, it's, what you, it's not just believing a fact, following it's believing to believe in Jesus means to trust in him. And how do you trust in Jesus? By doing the things he says to do. If you don't do the things he says to do, it's obvious you don't really trust him, right? When a person well, does like, it, it would be like being at the wedding ceremony and Jesus doing his first miracle, changing it into the water into wine and then bringing him the the bucket for or the barrels of the water for him to change into wine. If they didn't bring him the barrels, they were not listening. Mary told him to do that but and do whatever he said. But um, if they didn't follow that, then, of course, there wouldn't have been any wine for the wedding. Exactly. So you have to do what Jesus says to do. There's the proof in, in a person's fruit. Anyone can call Jesus Lord or say they believe, but but who is he to them? And and what is he what is he saying to do? When Jesus says he's the Christ, the Son of a living God, and people say, No, he's not, he's God, one third of a trinity, they're not believing or doing what he said. They're they're believing what they want. So 
So right away, they're on the wrong track, and then it just goes downhill from there. To believe in Jesus is to trust him and to trust him, do what he says. He told us to do a lot of things in the Bible. He gave us the Lord's Prayer. There's that, that encompasses the whole Christian faith. So we're, we're either praying the Lord's Prayer and following it, or we're not. And it's that simple. That's what a person's fruit is. It's what they're following, what they're doing. You know, some anyone can say anything with their with their words, but what is their what is their action showing? That's what it really comes down to: is what what is your actions showing? Do your actions line up with your words, with what Jesus said? Or are they opposing what Jesus said? You know, somebody out right. there selling selling drugs, they're obviously not following what Jesus said. They can think they're saved and guaranteed heaven. It doesn't matter what they think. They're, it's not what Jesus taught. So it's very important that we walk in the spirit and truth of God. Because okay. the spirit and truth go together. God's love and truth go together. It, it's, it's, it's either there or it's not there. And the churches are very lost. And that's why I'm hoping, you know, that God does raise up one real physical church of Philadelphia, one big major broadcast, so people can mm-hmm. hear the truth of God and respond to it. Those mm-hmm. that want to, those that want to escape what's coming, because there are two rapture events, and Jesus taught those that are, have a worthy walk with Him will escape in the first of two raptures. So it would, it would, you know. When people uh, identify with the Church of Philadelphia, they'll get a crash course in what it means to be worthy because they will get a lot of heat from other, quote, believers. Uh, the churches will not take kindly to, the, to their what they're doing. That's that's for sure. That's, that's a given. If we're, if we're believing that, that God is the creator of all things and God father in heaven and that jesus is the only begotten son begotten of god the father and that there's the holy spirit people are going to take a lot of heat for that yes they will because you're it's saying that jesus isn't god he's the son of a living god yeah they will you go to a church any church today and say that they'll they'll start with you and they'll kick you out you're not you're not going to be welcome for too long when you believe that because they'll you say that's a trinity, um, you, a trinity church. There well, are other there, churches that don't believe in the Trinity. Well, there's a there's a few. The vast majority of Christianity is synonymous with Trinity, Catholic and Protestant. There's a few churches that don't believe in the Trinity, but then what they believe about Jesus gets very convoluted, and then their views on other things get even more twisted. But well, they believe not, that they're, they're triune in one purpose. Yeah, they may believe that do. that too. But they still – right. It's just a lot of what they're teaching is is way off. It's just not the simple truth that Jesus came to bring us. They don't understand the difference between um, being forgiven and being worthy of heaven. They think it's the same thing because God – because a person repents and God washes away the sins that they committed in their life, that doesn't mean they have heaven. It means they're on the path to heaven. They have to follow Jesus and earn the crown of life. 
but that's something else that's not taught in these churches. But the vast majority of, of Christianity today is, is synonymous with Trinity. And when you don't believe Trinity, right away you're considered to be a heretic in a cult, not of God, of the devil. That's exactly what they believe. So you're already up against um, a roadblock. And then from that just flows all the other lies, like salvation by faith alone. Jesus never taught that, ever. He taught we have to follow him. That's a big difference, right? Right, right here, like under Matthew in uh, chapter 9 of uh, Matthew, uh, is that he's talking to Matthew to follow Jesus, and he says, follow me. And then Matthew arose and followed him. And, okay, um, stop right there. He didn't say, just believe, just believe a fact, Matthew. And Matthew said, okay. He said, follow him. That takes action. Right. Calls us all to follow him. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Those that follow right. him will have eternal life. It's all about who we're following. The, the, we're going to take a quick break in a minute, but here's something to think about. Come back after this break and talk about it. The devil believes Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. The devil believes he's the son of God, but does he follow Jesus? That's the question. No, he does not. He does the complete opposite. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on Doomsday Talk Radio. Okay. Hello? 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 